0: welcome to the black lagoon a multiverse of epic adventures where i contain my original works of fiction today is a special day the beginning of our first story titled the end before we begin i want to remind you all to join the discord so that we can engage and communicate in the analysis of the story but also, you can share your own works of fiction and poetry, and we can discuss your work together. I also have a Patreon, and on that Patreon, you'll be able to find bonus content from the Black Lagoon. And lastly, to follow uh, myself on Instagram and Twitter at SOPA underscore worldwide. Now, let's begin our journey into the Lagoon. The End Chapter one The first autumn breeze fights through the soon to be yellow and brown leaves of Bontavo Park. As the branches play their late summer symphony, this unexpected breeze carries over the scent of your signature perfume. Those sweet, soft, floral, yet fruity notes are the last things you left me as you walked away. I'm still looking your way hoping you turn around, but with each step you take, my heart continues to crumble. I'm frozen and without no clue of what to do. Dozens of things run through my mind, but when I try to run after you, my feet melts into the floor. I try to call for you, but the breeze muffles my voice, and so I'm left to watch you walk into the distance until I can't see your curls bounce anymore. I expected this would come one of these days, but how would one prepare for the end of their world, even if they knew it was going to happen soon? You stopped sleeping over my apartment, claiming things between us were off. Evidently, there was a reason for this, and I knew that reason, but why now? Why after all this time? It has been six years, I told you, explaining that you are the person I like to spend three lifetimes with at the end of my bed you sat spewing the topic of our ultimate demise while you defended your claim like a medieval knight would his majesty i looked through the dim lighting of my room for a way for us to work to find common ground and focus on the now the real not a fantasy we had just finished making love two days ago and I laid on the bed, coming down from the heavens you propelled me to. You said, marriage is what I've been dreaming of for as long as I could remember. It's not like I've been looking for a man to be my husband, but you're the man I want to make my husband. Baby, I don't want to be with anyone else but you. Not the first time you hear me say this, but I ran out of things to say. You've known my disbelief in marriage since our very first date, remember? The waiter brought your chicken parm and my penne alla vodka as you asked a question that's been haunting our relationship. Haunting, you said, while flexing your eyebrows. This is why. I should have known this would happen. She stood up from the bed and started putting her shoes on to leave. I got up from the bed And held her hands as she finished putting on the purple socks my mom gave her for Christmas three years ago. Within her hazel eyes, I saw flames of pain. And when I said, please don't, the first tears from those flames began to fall. And so I knew it'll soon come to an end. So when she texted this morning to meet me here, after two days without speaking since leaving my house that other night, I knew my workday was going to fly by. No matter how fast I could try to escape, this downhill escalator continues to take me where I've been destined to go since the night at the Italian restaurant. I walked over here and sat on this bench where it all took place. The comfort of the sun was descending over the colorful park playground. I watched the dad help his daughter get through the monkey bars to reach her mom on the other side. They were the only ones here with me until Olivia came. The little girl's father noticed me looking at them from the bench. He smiled genuinely and nodded his head. I returned the forced smile and quickly looked away. My eyes began to build up tears, so I tried to rub them away, hoping I'd appear okay for when Olivia arrived. The tears settled for a later time, though. Olivia and I had mentioned several times having a baby girl and how she would look like with our blended features. I look over at the playground, again, for the family. However, they're nowhere to be found. Less than a few seconds ago, the father had acknowledged me, and now it seems as if they were ghosts of an alternate future. I jumped from the bench, frightened, ready to leave and asked, have I been here all alone this entire time? So I rushed my way out of Montalvo Park, and as I was passing the park sign in front of the green lawn, there you were, walking towards me. Such a dark coincidence that we were wearing our matching Black dark Martins. You had your keys in your hands with all its keychains, so I knew you drove here. The Dominican flag he caught the reflection of the sun and shined across the green. We met in the middle. You said softly, Hi, Silvio. I hugged you, but I could tell you didn't want one. Your arms remained crossed in front of your chest. Hey, what's this all about? I asked, knowing the answer. Come on, let's find a bench so we could sit and talk. You said, walking towards the park playground. We sat on the same bench I had just been on. I briefly looked past her to check if the family had returned, but only leaves blew in the wind. He took a deep breath. (sighs) Listen, Silvio, this isn't easy at all, and to be honest, I don't even know where to start, but I shook my head and placed my hand behind her ear, hoping to lengthen the time we were together. She stopped speaking and kissed me. I'm sorry this couldn't work out, my love. Just know I'll still love you as deeply while I'm old and brittle. As said all my voice broke and she hugged me tightly. Her curls covered my face, and in that veil, I felt her heart on my chest beating extremely fast. Calm down, you've made the right decision. I won't be but a call away. Just as my tears met my beard, she said the unexpected which caused the first fracture in my heart. The tears ran down her dark skin onto her unforgetful lips, and through these same lips, she repeated over and over, crying in this empty park. I'm sorry, and I hope you'll understand. We were never friends. I'm sorry. Never friends. I'm sorry. All I could do was give her a final hug goodbye before she took off. Since those words came out her mouth, I've been frozen, replaying the scene like an old, busted-up horror VHS tape. So here I sit, having lost all sense of time, not caring who can see me cry, or if the ghosts are sitting right next to me on this park bench. It has been so long since I felt such sadness. Like an old friend, it's entered my life again, bringing with it feelings of the long-forgotten. I wipe the tears away, with the sleeves of my shirt, but they keep on falling. Have I made a mistake? I stand and take a few steps towards where Olivia had run off to. How stubborn of me. I'm letting the love of my life leave me because I think marriage is a scam. Both of my arms hang lifeless as I look up at the now night sky. When I finally feel my phone vibrate in my pocket, suddenly I notice I've been here for a couple of hours. And when I take my phone out of my jeans, the screen's glow causes my eyes to squint. I can't tell who's calling, but I quickly answer, hoping it's Olivia. Hello? I say in a post-crying, shaking voice. Bro, where you at? The party started already. They say through the loud bachata playing in the background and what sounds like a bunch of people talking. Confused, I take the phone off my ear and look at the screen again. It reads, Alonzo. Oh shit, spews out of me as I remember my sister's birthday party started an hour ago. The time above the caller ID just went from 10.02pm to 10.03pm. I look around the empty park again before taking off and think, have I really been here for four hours? I'm on my way. I should be there in about 10 minutes, I tell my cousin Alonzo over the phone. He says, hurry up. She's already asked for you twice. I'm getting some beer, man. I'm almost there. I'm lying through my teeth, but what else am I supposed to say? Alonzo knows me like the back of his hand, and I'm sure he already knows something is up. right then. Hope to see you soon,' he says with some attitude before hanging up. Out of the depths of the park now, I walk towards the bodega closest to the apartment. There's really nothing special about Montalvo except for how close it is to the city. The small town is mostly made up of the same type of two-story houses with a circular window at the top for the attic. Both sides of the street, as I walk towards the bodega, are made up of these houses. Under these street lamps, the circular windows of each house look like eyeballs staring at me while I walk these lonely streets. An occasional car drives by so I decide to walk in the middle of the road away from the chilling gaze the eyes give off. With my head fixed on the road ahead, avoiding even a slight peek of the houses lining the sidewalk, I finally reach my street after counting about 25 of the yellow lines in the middle of the street. Oddly, most of the Dominican community lives in the apartments on Hickory Street. I guess we like to stick together. Two and a half blocks down, I see no parking in front of my building. On the corner where I stand, the bodega's neon lights illuminate the intersection in a blend of green, red, and yellow. Aunt sits on a milk cart beside the entrance smoking a cigarette in black shades and a baseball cap. His menacing face lights up when he sees me crossing the street. My brother Silvio was popping, he says while flicking his cigarette away and standing up to greet me. Hey aunt, how's it going? I say as I extend my arm to dap him up. Aunt stands seven inches taller than me at 6'6 and goes to the gym about six times a week. His arms look like they're about to rip through the sleeves of his white polo shirt. He never forgets to mention his height and strength as well as how he could have gone to the NFL if he hadn't been caught up in the street life at an early age. His old man left him this bodega when he passed about 10 years ago, and aunt has been holding it down ever since. It's pretty ironic when I think about it because when I would pass this same corner at the age of 9, 10, and even 11 with my mom, I remember a young aunt always sitting out here, just as he's doing now, in my teenage years, I learned that he was actually selling drugs in front of his old man's bodega. You know me, I'm chillin'. What's so with you, Silvio? Your shirt is wet and your eyes are all red, man. You been crying or something? Aunt gestures to me to follow him into the grocery store. Yeah, man, I- I'm fucked up. Olivia broke up with me. I tell him as he hands me a paper towel and tells me to sit down with him behind the counter. What? Stop lying to me, bro. You and Olivia? That's some bullshit. Y'all supposed to be together forever and all that. And says while removing his baseball cap and revealing his bald head. I stand up from the chair and tell him, I'm serious, look at me. I won't be like this for any reason. And I know I have to act like nothing happened at Evelyn's party. I'm sorry this happened. And I'm here for you always. We gotta clean you up though for this party. Come on. Aunt locks the bodega door and guides me to the back of the shop. Passing the snack aisle with all the chips and the little cakes. Towards the fridge containing the essentials like milk, beer, and Arizona iced tea, of course. In the store's storage room, he hands me a dark green shirt. I held it up to see if it fits and notice on the chest pocket the logo of last year's town festival. It reads, Montalvo's 38th Annual Festival. Above the design of a food truck, guitar, and small ghost. The ghost represented the Montavo High School Phantoms, my old basketball team. I take my old shirt off and toss the festival one over my head. Ant asks if it fits, and I tell him it does. He tells me to go to the bathroom to wash my face. The cold water breathes life into my body. I feel a bit better. I try convincing myself while looking into the bathroom's foggy mirror. Yo, aunt, I really appreciate this, man. You have no idea. Like, I owe you big time. I tell him while drying off. He leans against a bunch of cleaning supply boxes and says, You're my brother. This ain't nothing. Oh, and I forgot. Take this with you, too. While I was in the bathroom, he went to get a 12-pack of beers. He has them in a bag already. Modelo beers just how you like them, little bro. Aunt picks up the bag and hands it to me. I reach for my wallet, but he stops me before I could pull it out. Don't worry about it. Now get out of here. They're waiting for you, he says while walking towards the front door to unlock it. I follow him out and thank him again. He tells me to hurry on home before sitting back out on the milk carton and lighting up another cigarette. As I walk towards the building, I can't help but think of the many times I've been in the bodega, and Aunt tells a random customer I'm his brother for no apparent reason. I smile and just brush off the comment because obviously we're not actual brothers. I look back at him alone under the neon lights of the store. The smoke he blows out of his lungs reach widely, hoping to grasp something, but fades when it realizes there's nothing around. He still misses his dad, who was really his only family, I realize as I watch him. From the farthest reaches of the neon lights, I yell towards him, Yo, you my brother for real? Come to the party after you close up. Before leaving the scene and walking into the darkness, I saw him smile and laugh. Two and a half blocks later, I open the front door to my building. As I enter, I can already hear the music coming from the party. When I put the key in my apartment door, someone unlocks it and opens it. The door swings open with my key still attached. It's Alonzo, who is looking back letting my sister Evelyn know he'll be right back. When he turns his head, he says, would you look who it is? Better late than never. I say, man, shut up. Where are you about to go anyway? I was about to go buy some beer because some more people are coming. I walk into the apartment and look into the living room to notice five or six of my sister's co-workers. They're all in tight dresses and heels. Before my sister became a pre-K teacher, I would have never thought there were so many alluring women in early childhood education. I look over at Alonzo and he meets my smirk with his own. It's about to be a party. I mouth to him through the blasting music. He dances to the rhythm of the song and says, Party, party. We laugh and walk towards the kitchen to put the beers in the refrigerator. In the kitchen, I ask, Did you invite any of your friends? He laughs. Of course I did. You know, who would I be if I didn't? I shake my head. You're a player, man. I feel bad for those guys you bring around. Calm that down. You know, I always tell them what it is. It's just for fun. I can't be locked down in a relationship like you, Silvio. Baby, I need to live. He twirls perfectly in rhythm with the music again, as if he had been dancing to the song the entire time. For a moment, he continues to spin endlessly like a spinning top, the leather jacket he wears swinging open and his smooth hair flowing around and around. We have been side by side since the playground. I've always introduced him to people as my brother, and although we're so close in age, literally, four months apart, our lives have developed entirely differently. I'm a college professor, and he's the manager at Bardo Bar, the most popular bar in Montavo. I've always admired his free spirit and his ability to not care much about what others think, whereas I, on the other hand, am working in that area. His spin comes to a conclusion with some sort of power stance that has his arms straight up above his head. We laugh together, pop open two beers, and toast to family. Coming outside her room and now dancing down the hallway, Evelyn sings, "A, a." Hey, it's party time. Sis, you look beautiful. Happy birthday. I walk over and kiss her on the cheek. She pushes me off gently and says, So you think you can just make me forget how late you are with some charm? Who do you think you are? Your father? Alonzo's eyes widen with an awkward face he makes. He turns around and sneaks to the door while looking at his phone. I tell her, Oh, come on. I'm sorry I'm late. I got stuck grading papers in the office, but enough of that. It's time to celebrate. Her eyes squint at me, just like our mom used to look at us when we lied. I get her a beer and walk her over to her friends in the living room before she could ask any other questions. When I enter the living room, I announce, the birthday girl, everybody. Her co-workers and friends cheer her on as she's engulfed by the small group. She maintains eye contact with me, knowing I got her off my back this time. I cheer with everyone else. Evelyn, Evelyn, Evelyn. My stomach grumbles after dancing a couple songs. On my way to the kitchen, I notice Alonzo open the door for his friend, a guy about the same height as Alonzo with a buzz cut. He wears a similar leather jacket. In the kitchen, I make myself a ham and cheese sandwich. As I wait for the sandwich to toast, I realize I haven't eaten anything since lunchtime. And if I continue to drink like I am, I'm definitely going to be hungover tomorrow. The toaster oven's bell rings and I sit at the kitchen table going down my Instagram timeline. It seems like everyone is having a party this Friday night. I close the app and open my messages after two bites of my sandwich. I look at the last message Olivia sent me and start typing. I love... Right when one of Evelyn's co-workers sits on the kitchen table. Quickly... I delete the message before sending it and put my phone in my pocket. Evelyn's co-worker says, I didn't know Evelyn's little brother was such a cutie. I'm only two years younger than her, but thank you. You're very pleasant to look at yourself. With her eyelids halfway down, she looks at me across the table. Her light brown hair falls straight past her shoulders. She rests her chin on her hand and her elbow on the table. Would you like another beer? I ask, expressing my hospitality. She bites her lip as I get up and open the fridge. I would love that. She responds slowly, making her way towards me. When I turn with the beer in hand, she stands close to me. I put the beer down and place my hands on her waist. My eyes close as I lean down for a kiss. They open when my lips meet her finger. She says, not yet, let's go dance. This is my favorite song. She pulls me towards the living room. This red dress of hers is mouthwatering. The night continues into the after hours where decisions made satisfy only one's deepest desires. The birthday cake sits half eaten, only leaving the three of what once said 32. I stumble across the living room to let Aunt out. Thank you for coming, bro. I'm always here for you. Don't you forget that, okay? I look at him and say. I won't forget, man. He gives me a hug and slaps my back twice before leaving. In the living room, where some balloons lay popped on the floor, Alonzo continues to talk to his friend on one side of the couch. It feels like they've been going on for hours. The only other person in the living room is the girl in the red dress. I hear Evelyn's bedroom door shut from the hallway. She had a blast tonight and I'm positive we'll sleep like a baby. Hopefully so will I. The girl in the red dress makes her way towards me as if gliding across the floor. Before I know it, we were lying in my bed. The room spins while I close my eyes. She takes my festival shirt off and throws it on the floor. I want to pick it up but I'm too busy. We kiss and I unwrap her from the red dress as if she were a gift from the heavens or even better yet, an assortment of possibilities of my most erotic fantasies. I pause. Wait, I don't even know your name. Who cares, she says, close to my neck, raising goosebumps down my back. And a moment passes before I completely fall. Mine is Silvio Sanchez. Silvio, she lets out quietly. What's yours, I ask. Raven Diaz, she says, and the room transitions from a spinning confusion to a fiery whirlwind. The whirlwind settled after some time, so now I lay here wide awake, and she sleeps on the side Olivia would sleep in. Still affected by the alcohol, I get up and put on my Laker shorts. I walk out of the apartment in my Crocs towards the complex pool. The moonlight causes the complex balconies, pool chairs, and surrounding bushes to shimmer in the night. I stand at the edge of the pool looking at my own reflection as it sways in the water. I tell it, The world I love is gone. I have no idea where I'm headed. My heart sinks into my stomach when an arm reaches over my shoulders. There's no need to worry about the unknown, the mysterious figure says. I look around and see no one. They only appear with my reflection in the pool water. A shadow with faded edges and a cold voice speaks what I've been feeling. I know you're afraid to be alone. It makes it harder for you to show your emotions with no one around. But always remember to let the world hear how you feel. The figure's voice echoes as it disappears. Now only I remain standing at the edge of the pool staring at my lonely reflection. A single tear runs down my cheek. I look for it in the reflection but I can't find it because it's submerged in water. So I look up at the handful of stars shining in the sky and can't find a word to say. I walk back to my room and get into bed without disturbing Raven. Before I know it, the morning sun shines through my curtains. I get up from the bed to use the bathroom as Raven sleeps peacefully. My phone flashes Saturday, October 17th, 1147 AM, when I unlock it. Passing the living room, I see the aftermath of last night's festivities. Empty cups and beer bottles everywhere. The balloons still in the air have come down a few inches and Alonzo snores under a blanket on the couch. I walk past Evelyn's room and her door is a few inches open. She's always been a morning person, so I'm not surprised. It sounds like she's doing her makeup in front of her mirror. I keep walking to the bathroom, but as I approach it, I hear the shower running. Who's taking a shower here? I ask under my breath. I turn around and open Evelyn's room to ask her. When I open the door, I find Olivia standing in front of my sister's mirror doing her makeup. Hey, she says so casually. Hi, I reply attempting to brush away the multiple questions running through my mind. I know this is a little weird, but I had promised to take Evelyn out for brunch today. You know her and I have always been super close, Olivia says. I brush it off. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, of course. I, I totally get it. I hope you guys have fun. And I'm assuming she's taking a shower right now. Yeah, she is. Actually, let me go tell her that we're about to be late if she doesn't hurry up. She walks past me, allowing me to smell her perfume. I really hope Raven doesn't wake up or Olivia asks to go in my room for something. My palms begin to sweat and my heart continues to race. Olivia knocks on the bathroom door and says, hurry up. We're running late, girl. My sister replies, I'm coming. Damn. We hear the shower stop running. Olivia goes back into my sister's room and I tell her, Well, have fun. It was great seeing you. She looks over to me before putting on her lipstick and says, It was great seeing you too. I rush back to my room and thank God when I find Raven sound asleep. About 15 minutes pass and I hear them leave the apartment. I come out of the room and make sure the door is locked. I let out a gasp of relief and wipe off the beads of sweat from my forehead. From the living room, I hear, Cuzzo, last night was amazing. We have to follow it up again today. I tell him, Man, I have to go piss. Start cleaning up this living room. Alonzo rolls his eyes and starts looking for his phone. And we're back thank you for listening to chapter one of The End. The Lagoon Dweller is out. I'm gonna catch you on the next episode of The Black Lagoon.